Welcome to Conversational Commerce. Each week, we'll be having real and raw conversations with operators and experts in e-commerce, all about what conversational commerce means to them. I'm your host, Stephanie Griffith. Let's jump in. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Postscript. There are other SMS solutions out there, but Postscript is hands down our favorite SMS tool for e-commerce brands using Shopify and Shopify Plus. They work with some of our favorite brands like Olipop, Brooklinen, Kapari, and thousands of others. And sure, they are our sponsor for this show. Thanks, Postscript, but we love them for many other reasons. Postscript is the leader empowering brands to have two-way conversations with their customers using conversational commerce. They have integrations with your favorite platforms like Gorgeous and Klaviyo, so your brand can be truly conversational. Most importantly, their customer support is next level. I've worked with brands that use Postscript and have been blown away by their customer support. It's no wonder they have over 1,400 reviews and are rated 4.9 stars in the Shopify App Store. For a free 30-day trial, check out our link in the show notes or visit them at postscript.io. Again, that's postscript.io. Hey folks, welcome back to Conversational Commerce. Uh, today's episode is a really special one. Uh, we are so excited to be joined uh, by Alex Beller of Postscript, our exclusive sponsor for the show. Uh, he is the <laughs> he is the president and co-founder, um, and we're so excited to have him here today. So I'm going to kick it over to Alex to share a little bit more a little bit more about himself and his role at Postscript before we hop into our topics for the day. Hello, everyone. Hello, Internet. Stephanie, Matt, thank you for having me. This is you're so welcome. this is a pleasure. And that's an understatement. I'm on the road right now. I'm in a hotel. I wish I was at home because I would just have my at home microphone just right up to my face. So I'm Alex Beller. I'm one of the co-founders of Postscript. There I do two different things. I oversee our customer facing organization which means sales, marketing, partnerships, customer success, support, everything like that. And I also oversee our people team, uh, which is recruiting and HR and things like that. I love what I do. Uh, we've been working on Postscript for three years now, just about exactly. And um, the real quick is we took the business through an incubator called Y Combinator. After that, we've been growing really, really steadily the last three years. And so now Postscript is over 200 people all remote spread out across the U.S., and we only do one thing, which is extremely relevant for this conversation. Uh, we only work with brands on Shopify, and we only provide them SMS services. We're an SMS marketing platform. So uh, that is the only thing we do. We specialize in it. We work with uh, over 6,000 brands on, on SMS. So that's like our specialty, and uh, I'm really excited to be here and talk to you guys all about conversational commerce, which I must say, actually, I must say, is like especially hilarious for me just because we at Postscript like to talk a lot about conversational commerce as like the category that we are trying to create and that we mm -hmm. are working towards. And then y'all went and just punned it as, as a good podcast name. So <laughs> this is like the cross section of my worlds. It's so good. I gotta, I'm gonna kick it over to Matt for that one. He, he definitely was the one that said, Hey, you know, I've got this idea for an e-commerce podcast and I don't want it to be 
like other e-commerce podcasts, you know, let's have a conversation. Yeah, Matt, do you want to talk a little bit more about your idea behind the show? And I, I think the name is, is so relevant here. And this is the time to unpack that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So this this show is specifically was I was like, cool. I don't want to talk to the same people about the same things about the same grow from zero to X million in revenue. That's a top high percentage of people that brands that get to do that. There's so many more stories and so much more things and education to be had for those earlier people. So I want to have more casual conversations. Not everyone is trying to grow and scale their company to $100 million. Uh, sure. That's okay. Not everyone's trying to do that. Let's let's call, let's make casual conversation that keeps moving the industry forward and helping brand owners out, connecting service providers and leveling up, letting them see what other people are doing. So that's kind of yeah. uh, was my premise behind it. And then I needed an SMS and email specialist to really bring bring the uh, show home. And Stephanie was my top choice for that as the co-host. So nice. that's kind of the background. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad to be here. Before starting PostScript, I worked on the brand side of e-commerce for a very, very long time. So mm-hmm. really like our personal mission is there's a few, but one of them is like, we're here to support merchants from like small to large. So I love that. So happy to cover anything, reveal anything and provide as much value as I can. Love it. Oh my gosh. Um, Alex, obviously if it's not very obvious by my shirt and anyone that follows me on Twitter, I am a huge PostScript fangirl. like sponsorship aside. I feel like I shout PostScript from the rooftops. Like when I, evangelize like a brand or a platform or a vendor like I really go all in I have managed clients that use the platform so like really I I absolutely love it I have moved clients from other platforms to PostScript because I do think it truly is the best solution for brands um, on Shopify and Shopify plus that are seeking the most conversational solution to SMS so I know when you and I met earlier this year you guys as you mentioned were a smaller company of around you know 50 or so and now, mm-hmm. you know, you, you guys have scaled really quickly. Do you want to talk a little bit about the growth you guys have seen and kind of how, you know, what your current vision is for PostScript? Because I think things are leveling up really quickly and it'd be really interesting to hear how that's going for you. Yeah. Yeah. So when we started three years ago, SMS was like not at all a mainstream channel. And Stephanie, I know you've been talking a lot about this, how it's like really really becoming more mainstream. And I think we've kind of gone from like the early adopter to the early majority phase on SMS in terms of adoption. Like most brands still aren't doing it, but it's becoming more normal. And back when we started, we, uh, to be frank, we did not have any concept of how big the channel was going to be. Right. If I'm, if I'm going to be, I'm going to be really honest in this moment. When we started PostScript, we were like, this will be a cool little side project. We're going to keep our full-time jobs We'll mm-hmm. make this SMS app for Shopify stores and maybe we'll each make a thousand dollars a month from it. Like, right. like that, <laughs> that was the, that was the premise. And, uh, but really quickly when we launched, I mean, this was before, uh, this was long before Clavio unveiled SMS. This was before like, uh, Attentive was a mainstream company. When we launched, we immediately saw what we call in SaaS, like product market fit, where like mm-hmm. customers were coming to PostScript, they were signing up. They were paying us for our product, and then they were going and telling their friends about the results. And so really quickly, we realized that, like, we were on to something new. And when we started to connect the dots, what we saw was that, like, all of the trends within marketing that we all know well are causing SMS to leap forward. Over the last 10 years, right, 
there's been a huge transition in terms of shopping traffic from desktop to mobile. That's like something we all know and like take for granted and straightforward now. But even a few years ago, it was still like a little questionable. And uh, at the same time, email, which remains a vital and huge channel for any merchant, especially in the face of like platform changes, which we should talk about. But at a lot of brands, email performance was plateauing a bit, especially like Mm -hmm. engagement rates, not overall revenue. Emails still just emails got a very long life in front of it. Uh, some brands were seeing plateaued performance. And so there was this question of like, what is the retention and engagement channel for mobile? And if you think about it, email is great on mobile, but we all correspond and communicate via email on desktop. When we're on mobile, we use messaging. So that's like where all the consumers exist. And that's where we're spending our time. So from those like macro trends, if you really step back and look at them, it makes sense that SMS is like slowly going to become, or messaging is going to become a mainstream channel. And over time, it became clear that SMS was the channel for North America versus like any other messaging application. With that stuff in mind and with those learnings, we've really, really, really stayed focused. And this is something that I think is unique to PostScript, where we haven't branched off into, you know, WhatsApp or Messenger or we aren't doing email, right? So many of the other like SMS focused players are now part of conglomerates or they also do email or they're offering email now, things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas we just really, really, really want to focus on this one thing. SMS for Shopify and SMS for e-commerce. And the reason is because what we've learned over time, I promise, Stephanie, I'm getting to the point and I'm going to answer your question. What, oh my what God, I told you, uh, tangents are great. <laughs> <laughs> what we've realized over time is that like, this is a fundamentally different channel than email. Fundamentally different. It's two way and consumer expectations on it are so different. Like mm-hmm. I get hundreds of marketing emails a day. And that is totally fine with me. And I like peruse Mm -hmm. them and that's totally fine. And I get to them when I want to. I do not have the same tolerance for SMS marketing messages, especially promotional ones. And so over the last few years, the opportunity has become more and more clear to us where there is a huge gap in the market right now in terms of like end consumers actually want from SMS and messaging and from what like brands are providing them today. And so within that gigantic gap lies like a lot of opportunity for a technology company like ours. So we have scaled a lot this year. We're now over 200 people. We're going to keep growing. Like I said, we power SMS for thousands of merchants on Shopify. Uh, and we are really focused on pursuing, I promise this isn't a plug for your show, the conversational commerce vision, um, which we view as like way more than taking the frameworks that have worked in email and applying them to text messaging, which is what we see normal today. Set up abandoned carts, send out promotional texts. No, it's going to look very, very different. And so we're focused on building the platform to facilitate targeted two-way interaction. I love that. Yeah. And also great plug. You should totally do that all the time. It's (laughs) great for for you guys and great for us. And that's why we're here Uh, having this conversation because we, like Matt and I, and of course the folks at PostScript all clearly believe in this concept of conversational commerce and want to evangelize like how to do that right. And you and I could talk for forever. So I'm going to try to distill this down. But I think something that is becoming so clear to me um, as a, you know, and I I build myself as an email marketer with an SMS problem. I really think that is very accurate. Um, My background's been in email. And I think the core DNA of that channel is really different uh, from SMS. And what we're seeing and what I'm trying to educate on and, and similar to what you just said, 
you cannot just take email as a car and, and make SMS a carbon copy. It doesn't work that way. There's something I refer to as the frequency paradox, basically. Mm. You can send 7, 10, 14 emails in a week if you want it. Not that brands should be doing that, but you very well could. And people largely are used to it. You're, we're, our mm. inboxes are overloaded. We don't see every single email that we receive from brands. So it's so much easier to not really feel you know, overwhelmed by that because we're just constantly bombarded. And they're mm-hmm. just there, as you mentioned, when you want to look at them. If you were to send that many SMS communications in a week, it's like, holy shit, get off, like, yeah. get off my phone. Yeah, they need to be banned. <laughs> yeah, they should not. You should take their phone. You should not be texting. Yes. Like, your privileges yes. are revoked. But I think what you, you use the word tolerance, and I think um, that sums it up really well. I think SMS is very frequency sensitive. You can't, yeah. you know, quote unquote, blast people the same way on their personal devices because they're likely to see every single one of those communications yeah. like you know my phone sitting right here you know how um, how many times do we check our phones a day um people are just so much more likely to be inundated there and i think what we're going to do of course is not that um and make sure that we're finding those nuances in how to delineate between those channels so they can be complementary but not carbon copies of one another yeah you know I want to like talk pretty openly about something actually that's like a little taboo that I think is fueling this. Yeah. So I agree with everything that you said. And what I see in the market, unfortunately, today is that most brands are adopting SMS more towards the email framework that you just described. Right. Like I, when I look when I look through my my messages app on my phone and I see text from brands, it's pretty much like, hey, 10 percent off by this. Hey, 10 percent off by that. Hey, 10 percent off by this. Maybe like every other day, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I have the benefit of getting to see performance across thousands of brands. And what I think is so interesting is that like, first of all, that's like very obviously not a good customer experience. That ain't it. It's just not, it's not the vibe. <laughs> but, but the numbers back it up too, where like when you adopt mm-hmm. that sort of, of marketing approach, unsubscribes are way higher. And also... In SMS, you're like never going to get a subscriber back when they unsubscribe, right? Right. So when you adopt that like vicious cycle of like you get a subscriber, you drive them by, then like deeper discount, deeper discount, deeper discount, deeper discount, blah, blah, blah. Your bad customer experience, you're driving unsubscribe rates, and you're wasting money because with SMS, you have to pay per message sent. And so this is the dark thing I want to unveil that I've been thinking more and more about. I think that one of the biggest reasons that that has evolved as the norm in our space is because it's good for the SMS platforms. If if brands oh, all send <laughs> if brands all send every sing a text every single day, right? A lot, a lot, a lot. It's not like on an email platform where like, you know, an email platform makes the same every month because mm-hmm. it's based on list size, how much they're charging. On SMS, brands are paying right. per message. And so is it bad for, you know, an SMS platform if a brand sends way more? No, we make more money. And so I actually think it's bad for PostScript if brands do that on PostScript because like we want this to be a, you know, 30 year company. And so like we want brands to take the long term view. We want low unsubscribe rates. We want to have their best interests at heart, even if it means they pay us less money. But like when I see a lot of our competitors in this space, when I see a lot of the norms that they preach and what they, what their customer success teams push, it's a lot aimed at like the most basic marketing strategy. It's mind bending. It's like text your entire mm-hmm. list. An offer two to three times Twice a week. A week. That's what our, 
That's what our data yep. science says is the best practice. That's crazy. We got more evolved in email like 25 years ago, right? That's like wild. And so, yes, you people are going to see every message. That's amazing. That's really valuable. But it also means you just like can't spite them. And the undercurrent, the undercurrent for why is that SMS platforms make that much more money, right? They can like push you to be even more aggressive on list collection and they don't really care if you're churning and burning your list because maybe they're like rushing off to, you know, scale their business and exit the company. And so like what I can promise is that like PostScript doesn't do this, but it's a, it's a weird thing that I think is happening. And I think first of all, it's like putting the channel in a bad place. I think it's bad for Mm. brands and their brand perception with their end consumers. Of course, I also think it's a missed opportunity to be really creative and fun and engaging in the channel, which I'm starting to see amazing examples of. And we should talk about, but I think it's all driven by this economic engine that unfortunately like e-commerce brands are the ones exposed. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I so appreciate like as a marketer, as a consumer in the space, as a, you know, as a a person that has used PostScript as well and also other platforms, I think you're so right. And I so appreciate that hard truth and the transparency around that of like, yeah, of course there's money in it. That's carriers got smart. Carriers said, oh my gosh, people are sending more messages. We're going to make them pay for dedicated short codes and they're buku bucks. Like it's so expensive even just to acquire your own phone number. And then of course, yes, paying percent. And largely that component is beneficial to the platforms. So it's really easy, I think, for other other vendors to fall back on that of like, yeah, send two to three messages per week. You know, it's really easy to get started. You, you know, you can largely mm-hmm. take your email strategy and just translate it. But I think that is, of course, a short-term win and not it's a short-term. long game. It's super short-term. It largely benefits the platforms. There was probably, you know, initial upsides to some of those brands, but we're not yes. talking about the attrition and then literally burning through what is truly, you know, a finite uh, consumer base in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like you get the first impression. And as you mentioned, once you lose someone because you made that bad impression on their phone, they're not coming back. Why would I sign up again to get, you know, multiple messages a week that I don't, that I don't want. Um, and also to bring it back down, like it's not conversational. That is transactional. And that is a hundred percent the shift we're trying to make. Um, I think what we're all, you know, here to do. So on that note, I'd love to, something we want to ask everyone that comes on the show. And I'm so excited to get your POV on this is when we're talking about conversational commerce inherently, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to you? What is the philosophy around that postscript? Like, let's really unpack what we mean by conversational commerce. Yeah, here's how I think about it. There are, let me set the stage, right? For a brand, nowadays, it's harder than ever to reach your audience, Mm -hmm. right? I think you can say that looking at like what's happening on the acquisition platforms, right? The iOS changes, so there's things like uh, platform changes, Facebook CPMs going up, inboxes are more crowded than ever, right? It's harder and harder for a brand to reach their audience and, and, and their customer base. And so when I think out, right, I think that like in that world, in five years from now, is it going to be about the best click-through rate on an ad that helps a brand win? Or is it going to be about brands that have built real relationships with their customers? right? That can help cut through the noise. And so that lens and that frame is how I view SMS is essentially what we call it at PostScript is SMS is the relationship engine for Um, Mm e-commerce. It is 
real time. People check it right away and there's, you know, 98% open rates, whatever that stat is, 98, 99. Um, they check it within a few minutes normally. Mm-hmm. And there's the opportunity to be incredibly personalized in that real time engagement. And it's two way, right? You can speak to a brand just like you can to your friend if that brand is bought into that vision of SMS. So it's the relationship engine for e-commerce because it's personalized, because it's real time, because it's two way. And mm-hmm. in that world, how like conversational commerce fits in is it is not conversational commerce is not SMS marketing. And SMS mm-hmm. marketing is what we're talking about. It's what we see today. SMS marketing right. is every other day, buy this, please, 10% off. Mm-hmm. Conversational commerce and what we believe it to be and what we're trying to build the, the platform for at PostScript is one where subscribers come in. Yes, maybe they see you know an offer of some kind, drive them to conversion, absolutely. But after that, they don't just see endless offers again. After that, they're put on a personalized journey where they receive value from the brand post-purchase. And that's what turns them into a loyal customer. So whether that means they manage their subscription via SMS, uh, you know, reply one to skip this week, things like that. Maybe they submit UGC through the channel back to the brand. Maybe they get customer support natively in channel. Maybe they submit a review in channel. Maybe they facilitate a return. Maybe they buy something natively in channel. All of those things, those interactions that normally take place between a consumer and the brand's website, we're bringing those natively in channel. And so that's really what we mean when we talk about conversational commerce, which is taking the entire customer journey and bringing it natively in channel so that consumers aren't just being endlessly marketed to, right? They get to go back and forth to the brand. They can ask questions. They can get support. They can initiate returns, whatever. So their experience with the channel is much healthier and much more dynamic, but also the brand gets to add so much more value across the customer journey that that customer has a much higher likelihood of sticking around. It's like SMS is high attention. People open it up. You said they see every message. And so in that world, if you can find ways to be like interesting, fun, authentic, and add value to your customer, then you're using that opportunity the right way. And the brands who adopt that mindset, those are the ones who are going to win in this channel over the next decade. They're going to see lower unsubscribe rates. Their ROI is going to remain really high and the sentiment that their customers perceive their marketing will be much higher as well. Mm, I love that. Yeah. The relationship building piece is so key and there's definitely, you know, some key themes we're learning as we have these conversations on the show. Um, and of course, as conversational commerce evolves. And I think something I keep coming back to is, you know, it's not just SMS marketing. It's not just email marketing. It's not just retention marketing, which is, I think, the, the newest buzzword, if you will, because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we got we to gotta hold on to these people and we have to do it through SMS. We have to do it through email. We have to do it through retargeting, et cetera. Um, and it's not just lifecycle marketing, right? It's conversational commerce has become the new umbrella, I think. And if you do that right, or if you focus on kind of implementing that across your channel, so bringing it uh, natively into the channel, I think is how you said it, which I really like. Mm -hmm. That's how those strategies, um, not tactics, but those strategies, that's how those are going to succeed, Um, and especially in a long-term way and not just that immediate short-term of like, we sent the text or, you know, we acquired this many subscribers or we sent the email or we post, you know, we, we launched the ad. Um, and I think as marketers, our responsibility is to start really thinking so far beyond our immediate day to day. Like, you know, did we schedule this? Did we send this? Like, what are those immediate results? And think super long term of like, what does it actually mean 
to build long-term human two-way relationships with our customers and with our subscribers. And I think we're only yeah. just scratching the surface on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think you're right. I think we're just scratching the surface. I also think that there's the opportunity to like, because it's such early days in a new channel, there's the opportunity not just to like stay at parity with other people, but to really win. There's a brand that we work with called, uh, Try Guys. They're a YouTube channel and they do, they do like funny, pranky, jokey stuff on, on YouTube. I'm not doing them justice. Mm -hmm. And they want to use SMS to make money, right? Just like every other brand, right? For, for their mm -hmm. merch store. They, they like want to use it to make money, to be clear. They're not just like, let's create a brand experience. They want to see really good ROI. Right. They sent out a campaign totally. recently work, working with the Postscript team where they said, Hey, send us a joke. And if it makes us laugh, we'll send you a 15% off discount code. Right. They got thousands <laughs> of responses of like people telling them jokes. And like, then they like had this automation set up and they like sent people back this, uh, this code. And so that was like a revenue driving campaign. But that is mm -hmm. two way. It's highly personalized for that specific audience. And if I'm one of their fans and if I'm like someone signed up, that's not a piece of marketing that's going to make me unsubscribe. And it kind of feels like native no. to the channel and just relevant. So yeah. I thought that was like a great example of what we're talking about, but in a way that's still marketing and driving revenue. Totally. Oh, I love that. And also we just talked to Joanne Coffee yesterday from Aisling Organics. They also love the script and keyword. Yeah, she so gets it. She's fantastic. Can't wait for uh, to publish that episode. But we talked a lot about, you know, leveraging UGC kind of brand like ambassadors of brands and what a fun way to kind of flip that script and say like, yeah, you know, of course, we've got the automation set up, you know, for folks that actually respond to us, we'll go ahead and, and send them this coupon. But you're flipping that and inviting that conversation first and making yeah. it feel personal because you're like, hey, like, we want you to make us laugh, like send us your best joke. And then, yeah. um, holy UGC Batman. I mean, I'm sure they can take <laughs> their funniest jokes or their interactions and post them on yeah. TikTok or post them on Instagram or, you know, wherever they, they are. YouTube, obviously, hopefully they've got an amazing like compilation video of like the funniest jokes are, mm -hmm. you know, our folks sent us through text. Um, so I love those examples because I think that goes back to what you said about, you know, how, how do we do this in a creative way? It's not just here's 15% off. It's yeah. Um, send us a reason why we should give you 15% off, but we promise we're going to make it fun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'll have to check out their videos. Matt, go ahead. Chime in. Yeah, I think one thing that I'm trying to learn from the podcasting world into SMS is sometimes podcasting is more about reaching your existing fans deeper mm. and creating those true VIP fans. Mm. I think SMS has the, how we do that with text is take that exact situation with the try guys and the joke and then go one step further and say, how can we really just surprise someone? Say, hey, like pick your favorite joke out of the bunch, out of the thousands you got. Pick that one person. Hey, the whole team loved your joke the most. Mm -hmm. You got the most uh emoji reactions in Slack or <laughs> whatever, right? And we wanted to personally thank you and, and give you a shout out and an extra code mm -hmm. or a whole free thing. Like that one little thing to get make them feel special, that surprise and delight, I think is just so personal like through mm -hmm. SMS and you can make it truly individualized like that. So just wanted to like highlight 
I think that is so good and that there's still more to go. Like you still have mm-hmm. so much more to like squeeze out of the lemon, so to speak. Yeah. I was going to say like in that vein, Matt, I mean, what if the winner like got to appear in one of their videos? Right. Or like, right? uh, or now they also inside PostScript, they now have a segment of everyone who replied to that initial campaign. So now they've got this little, like they've got, they've got their jokesters, right? I'm just going to name that, name that segment, like our jokesters. And they have yes. this like subgroup who maybe that turns into a recurring thing. But like, if I'm a Try Guys fan, I want to be in that subgroup because like mm-hmm. where, I mean, they're more of influencers than like a more traditional D2C brand. So there are of course some differences, but the idea of being a VIP, the idea of being a local, the idea of being an insider is extremely potent mm-hmm. and it sort of fits with the channel. It sort of like fits mm-hmm. with brand to consumer messaging because it's, mm-hmm. it's a personal inbox and it's how we all tend to treat it. We talk to our friends there. Yeah. I love that. And I think something we we've touched on a little bit um, and we're going to be talking to Kristen LaFrance uh, from repeat about a little bit more is the concept of community building. And that's in the mm-hmm. larger sense of like, Founders, you know, building more of a, a, an inter- interactive community. But I think that is very much an example of that. So, like, you could very well use SMS to build a community of, like, VIP jokesters in this in this case. I love that. I hope they take that from me. That's hilarious. And something else that comes to mind, too, and Eli Weiss talks about this a lot, and, and we got to talk to him all about this, is doing the things that don't scale. And I think SMS is just such yeah. an incredible channel to make that happen. Like, we talked to Joanne Coffee about this as well of like, holy smokes, it's two folks at that brand and they respond, they read every response to their messages. They respond as often as they can. They really are leveraging in a way that like a lot of big brands might say, Ooh, like how do we scale that? And it's like, well, you, you don't, you have to make, you have to make a, a decision to put that time and put that effort in to drive those relationships, but it's going to pay out in dividends and spades long-term because you are making people feel special. You're making it feel exclusive. You're not just sending, you know, an email to a million people. That's the same saying, Hey, you've unlocked a new VIP tier. It's, Hey, no, you specifically, because your joke was cool. We, you know, we're giving you a code, but also like, we want you in our video or whatever. It doesn't scale, but damn, if it's not like one of the most successful, like, effective ways to build those long-term relationships. Doing things that don't scale. So that's a piece of advice that they're really big at in YC, mm-hmm. in Y Combinator. Yeah. Even for like B2B SaaS businesses, right? That like mm. doing things that don't scale is a fantastic way to build a business in any category, just because mm-hmm. it brings you closer to your customers and it helps you actually learn what people need, right? So my example of this um, is uh, I don't do it enough, but I will still get in and do uh, some hours in PostScript customer support. And mm. the reason is because I want to like understand the customer experience that we're providing and that our customers are having. Right. Yeah. I can like get on calls with people, but like just being a, we call them CXAs, customer experience advocates, being a CXA at PostScript for a few hours is like a great window into the actual experience of merchants. And so that does not scale, right? Me doing support for the business, which I did for a long time, like, Right. Full time does not scale anymore, but I still get in there. And I was in there earlier this week to your point of like it being a rewarding endeavor. I was in there earlier this week and someone came in and uh, it turned out they were a PostScript customer and they migrated to one of our competitors two months ago. And they were currently the ninth. They'd been waiting in their support queue of one of our competitors 
for 20 minutes and they were the 90th person in the queue. And they came in and they were number one in the queue and they started chatting with me immediately. And they were coming back. They wanted to reach out because they were having really bad deliverability issues on our competitor. And they dropped in a Google meet and I got on with them live and like, I like explained who I was and what was going on. And so we ended up talking then they decided to come back that day. They're now live with PostScript again. And um, I'm super grateful for them for like, they were like, when we left, we didn't want to leave. Like we love PostScript. She like left us a really happy review. She's like, but we want to try out like this other thing. And so I'm very grateful to have them as a customer. And this is mostly about their choice, but the fact that I was like doing things that don't scale and I was like doing support. And then it led to like a really significant win back opportunity for PostScript because I was able to like engage with them directly. Non-scalable things and non-scalable investments are vital. You get outsized reward from them often. Oh, and also the immediacy of that, right? Like, sure. They could have, you know, say you weren't, you know, the one on the chat that day. Not, I've had great, first of all, I have had great experiences with the PostScript support team. Um, So A plus across the board, but sometimes you do have to wait a while and you're certainly not expecting to talk to one of the co-founders or presidents on chat. Like, you just usually there's an escalation process, even at the best companies. So that could have taken a couple of days. And, you know, maybe in that time they would have resolved the issue with their other vendor and you might not have gotten them to come back. So I actually love how like meta that is in a way of like you did the thing that didn't scale. You saw the immediacy of that. But also like that's the whole point of SMS and building those two way responsive relationships of like, yeah, let's have this conversation now, not, you know, mm-hmm. let's just wait days to resolve this because at that point, the opportunity could have passed. Something I talk to my team a lot. And when it, when each new hire comes on, we have new hire cohorts every two weeks. And when new people join, I do a, a values orientation with them where I talk about the poster values and what it means and how, how we expect them to live them, et cetera. And one of the things I talk about, this is not a value, but one of the things I talk about is speed. How in a startup, whether you're early stage, whether you're over 200 people like PostScript, speed compounds. Speed is such a competitive advantage. And I think this applies to e-commerce businesses as much as to PostScript, where like as much as you opt to do important things today instead of next week, over the course of a year, if a whole organization decides to do that, you move way faster than competitors and other people in your space, et cetera, et cetera. And so speed really compounds. And like that is relevant, whether you're talking about a new marketing initiative or whether you're talking about how you engage with people over SMS. I mean, with PostScript, we heavily advocate that when people come onto PostScript, we say to them, like, do you have a plan for SMS support? If so, let's help you build it, because this is not a one-way channel, and you shouldn't think of it that way. Yet we see the norm in the space often be you reply to a text, you get an auto-reply that says email our support. And if you don't, it maybe takes you like a day or two to hear back from them. And to your point of like immediacy of support, I mean, this applies to e-commerce brands more than anything, where we see the data, brands that provide great customer support over SMS, meaning it's fast, it's plugged into their support team, et cetera, their unsubscribe rates are lower and their retention rates on subscribers that get support is way higher. Like Mm -hmm. it actually backs up business wise. So speed, I mean, no matter the business, super important, but Mm -hmm. even bringing it back home to the actual point of this conversation, SMS, speed of replies and like nimbleness on the channel is a really important component. Mm, I love that. And I think that's what I personally love after coming, you know, from such a large background on the email side, email is not fast. There are people, you know, people, I should, I should, let me roll that back real quick. C-suite executives, managers, uh, everyone that says just send an email, they think it's fast. They think it's really easy. 
There is so much shit and usually so many people involved in crafting an email strategy, bringing that to life, especially if there's design components or landing Mm -hmm. page components, uh, you know, preference pages, all of those things. And it's, it's not that simple and it can sometimes slow folks down. So I, cause you get so caught up in the, you know, we have to send it and not, why are we sending this? Is it actually, you know, providing value for the recipients um, and meeting, you know, whatever our actual business goals are of not just sending the communication. And I love that SMS removes that because you really can just focus on like, are we saying the thing we need to say to communicate, you know, our goal or to add value to the subscriber or to invite a conversation? And you can do it so much more quickly, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of subscriber expectations or recipient expectations, As you mentioned, we are having conversations on our personal devices. People are getting comfortable interacting with brands. I think it started even in like Instagram DMs or commenting on posts. And like, if you get a response, it's like, oh, that's so cool. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk a little bit more about the importance of like showing up and meeting your customers, you know, where they are and being there to respond. Um, I don't think people talk enough about the conversational element of SMS. Like, yes, get started Mm -hmm. on SMS, you get a phone number, you start crafting, you know, a campaign strategy. But not a lot of brands are understanding that, like, yeah, you should have someone in place to be prepared to respond to those things. So I'd love to know, yeah. like, are there brands that come to mind, you know, PostScript customers or, or otherwise, that you think do a really excellent job with responding to customers and kind of having that two-way conversation? If you are sending one-way messaging and you don't have support staffed, and they're all promotional, you are not doing conversational commerce, no matter what anyone else tells you, mm. because that is not a conversation. <laughs> that is a one-way spam fest. <laughs> it's a it's a really bad experience, I believe, mm-hmm. where if you text someone and you get them to buy stuff, and then you keep texting them, trying to get them to buy, and they reply back and they say, hey, I didn't get my first order, or hey, this showed up broken, or you know what, this doesn't fit me, can you help me out? And if you aren't there to meet them there and instead you're asking them to take multiple additional steps in order to do that, then you're that's failing your customer base. For a long time when I was working in e-commerce, I worked in like a flash sale business. And that was not like a highly emotional connection, like modern D2C brand, right? It was like a it was like a, a flash sale business focused on profit margins. But even there, we were like all about fast return, getting back to customers, time to first response and like good support. And so I think in today's world, especially when Amazon has shifted customer expectations so much, right? People want immediate support. They want easy refunds. They want easy returns. They want free two day shipping. They want the lowest possible price. They want all the options. The only way to compete with that is by having a human experience, right? Mm. Like, like that is the way you compete. And so I think from a very high level, When you approach SMS, or even if you've already gotten started, having a plan for support is really important. This doesn't mean you need to have a dedicated hire just sitting there answering all day, right? There's many other options, but it means you probably need to be integrated. You have your SMS replies integrated into your core help desk, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous Zendesk, an email inbox, whatever it is. Um, Help Scout, there's lots of them. You need to be integrated in there. You need to have your team prepared and trained on like how this is a different channel than email, right? Mm. It, it should be like quick, casual, personalized messages back. It shouldn't yeah. be like gigantic emails, which link to like a desktop only web page for them to search for their order or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the experience just needs to be fleshed out and thought out. And 
you can do a lot to set customer expectations up front. If you're a small brand, right, you don't have a dedicated support team, you're doing support yourself because you're an entrepreneur and you get to it once or twice a day, then maybe include that in your welcome series for SMS. Maybe say, hey, we're a small team over here. We're always going to get back to your answers, but it might take us up to a day because like we're a really small, nimble team and like thank you for your support. And so setting customer expectations up front in a welcome message can really help like diffuse customer expectations around what you can actually provide. And so that's like the high level stuff. As far as specific examples of brands who really kill it, hmm. There are few, right? So it's hard. We're not seeing it everywhere yet. There are a few. This is an easy one, but like Olipop does a really good job at this. They have a different perspective on the channel and one that I really support. I mean, they skew heavily away from marketing on the channel. They're like, this is a customer engagement channel, which I think is really smart. And, um, and Eli has like, who sets the vision over there, he has like pushed me at times in a good way. Mm -hmm. He's like pushed me and PostScript to like think even more in that direction, which I love. And so they're a good example of someone who takes a really personalized approach. Um, and there are certainly more. When this episode comes out, I'll like link to it in a tweet and share some more examples. I love that. And I'm, I'm so glad because I've been sitting here trying not to, to say exactly what you just said, but my mind immediately goes to Olipop. Um, and yep. we were so fortunate when we talked to Eli because we asked him, you know, the brief summary of this because I think it's so important. When we asked him the question of like, what is, you know, what is conversational commerce? He was like, you know, I like the question. I so believe in, in the theory of it. He's like, but we're still using the word commerce. We're still talking about sales and transactions. He's like, and that inherently is the problem. He's like, so he's like, mm -hmm. I have a bit of a, you know, uh, kind of hot take on that of like that. It, it's still an issue there. He's like, and what we view at Olipop is that customer experience is used as a marketing tool because those channels for them are, and those experience for them are so well integrated. And it certainly shows up. My phone is not blowing up with Olipop communications. Um, but I know that when I get one, it's because there's a new flavor that's dropped or their co-founders are sending something cool, or it's some sort of, you know, really two way interactive thing. Um, and they really have set the stage really high there. And when our episode with Eli comes out, listeners will hear just like how deeply ingrained that is in the whole philosophy of the company. Um, and I think that that, yeah, is such an excellent example, because if you don't if you don't really believe in conversational commerce and kind of prioritizing the customer experience aspect of, you know, building those relationships, that's where it falls mm -hmm. flat. Um, so I love that so, you brought that up as an example. Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic long term. I think that like two mm -hmm. years from now, use of this channel will look extremely different. And I think that yeah. all of the SMS platforms have a lot of work to do. Like mm -hmm. we are working towards building the vision I outlined, but it's not like perfectly live and ready. Like we have a lot of work to do to deliver that. The other platforms have way more work to do, but that's okay. I'm excited for them to get there as well. We all push each other and it's a good thing. But I'm optimistic because where I think SMS norms come from is that marketers, being smart marketers, they subscribe to other brands to see what they're up to. And so yep. they see certain norms and they adopt those same norms, right? And mm -hmm. so I think over time, as more brands adopt a like sophisticated, empathetic, engaged conversational commerce approach, others will see it and it will slowly like spread kind of like a virus. Also, when I speak to like really large trend-setting enterprise brands who haven't yet jumped in on SMS, I think they're thinking about it this way, right? When I go speak to folks at like a lot of the like tier one DTC brands that we all know, they're like concerned about the ramifications of an overly marketed SMS strategy. And they understand up front that they're going to need customer support 
staff to have the strategy work for them. And they understand what like a huge retention lever it is. So they're going to continue to be slow getting into it. But I think as people start to see brands they look up to and admire adopt a much more conversational approach, we'll see it like mimicked elsewhere. I love that. And I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that, too, because I'm a huge fan of the channel and I've been, you know, a martyr for the cause. I've signed up for so many SMS programs. I'm sure your phone must be blowing up all the time. And when I see ones that I really like, I tweet about them. I recently uh, did a Litmus Live talk, so that'll be coming out soon. And I have a lot of examples there with brands that are leveraging specifically keyword replies. And while I think this is Mm. amazing, I think everyone should use that. I am seeing exactly what you you just said of a lot of mimicry, not in a bad way, because I think it's like, you know, that's that's step one in your onboarding experience, soliciting some keyword replies so folks can kind of like choose their own adventure. You're sending less, you're sending people, you know, follow-up communications that they're actually asking to receive and are therefore more likely to engage with is amazing. But we're seeing a lot of like, this brand did it this way and I'm seeing a carbon copy set up um, for other brands because they're just adopting that exact strategy. So I'm really excited to see kind of the evolution of that as brands realize like, Okay, we started to do, you know, the step one things, we've scratched the surface, but how can we branch this off in our own really creative and hyper like personal way? So we don't just start to see like brand A does this and then brand B does this, because I think that's how folks could get bored uh, with the channel. Mm -hmm. We don't want them. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more. You know, you kind of set the stage for, you know, your vision, your long term vision. So in terms of the future of conversational commerce and PostScript's role in that and SMS's role in that, think big here. Like, where do you see it going? You know, where do you hope that it goes? And where are we currently in comparison mm-hmm. to that? Uh, we're in we're in early days. We're not at the beginning, but we're in very early days. So mm-hmm. PostScript is focused on becoming the conversational commerce platform for e-commerce. Yeah. Full stop. That's like what we're trying to do. We're also on a mission to build the world's greatest remote org. That's like a side mm-hmm. thing that we're into. But so that is the product that we are going to build and the company we're going to build. And we think it's a really long journey. We think we're just getting started. And so that's what we're going to build. I think we're in the very, very early days of it. I think right now it's mostly like SMS as a channel is being used primarily as a one-to-many marketing channel like email and a little yep. bit as a support channel. And I think the conversational commerce vision that I outlined earlier is way more comprehensive than just those two use cases. It's like all the customer brand interactions natively in channel. So I think that we're super early towards that vision. Even when we build and execute that, it's going to take the market even longer to catch up. So we remain focused on that. You're not going to see PostScript drift off and like launch an email platform and like things like that. We firmly believe in being like best in class at SMS and supporting the customers who want to go deep with this channel and build unique experiences on it. I love that. Yeah, I, I'm excited for the future of that. I so agree. I think we're just scratching the surface. Something I'm keenly aware of, and I'm sure you guys are getting ramped up to support this, is that we are on the precipice of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, um, mm-hmm. round two in in the times that we are still in. Last year was bananas. Last year was largely emails heyday. I mean, how many freaking emails did we get from the very beginning of November all the way through Christmas with like Black Friday, Cyber Month, holy smokes. And I'm sure that you guys are already expecting this. I've seen other vendors and other thought leaders kind of say Black Friday, Cyber Monday of 2021, I think is the, this is like the heyday for SMS. If brands haven't adopted it yet, they're certainly adopting it for Q4 and specifically for these strategies. And my question to you is like, 
are you afraid of the landslide that we're about to see with brands adopting it? And, you know, how can brands be careful here to not take the same approach that they might take for email of like three communications a day, et cetera? Like, how do they get ready? How do they do it right? What should marketers be prepared for? Sure. I'm not scared of the landslide, which is a funny word, but I think that we're actually in a pretty good place. So compliance is Mm -hmm. so tight with SMS that brands can't decide to start one day and be like blasting millions of people the next day, right? They have to like build their list organically and compliantly over time. And that takes a while. So that like creates a natural on-ramp where even if brands wanted to like start with SMS today, which if they aren't doing, they should do mm-hmm. they're the like impact it's going to have in black Friday, Cyber Monday, though significant isn't, it's not going to be like their biggest channel on that day, right? It's going to be just small compared to like the length of time in place. But I would encourage brands just to like, not approach this in isolation. The reason we staff customer success and support so much, we overstaff there with e-commerce experts, right? Like, you know, like Joe Vela on our team, right? You've worked with Joe. Joe runs his own e-commerce business and he's a PostScript Mm -hmm. CSM. Like the reason why we staff with people like that is because this is a new channel. And so there isn't much expertise in the market yet. And that's like, okay. And so I would encourage folks when thinking about their start, whether you're working with PostScript or someone else, but you should definitely work with PostScript, is like reach out and interact with our team, right? Reach out to me. I'm Alex at PostScript.io. I love speaking to brands and helping them build their strategy because though, yes, you can move really fast and get started really quickly and like people can launch an SMS program in a few days if they want to move fast enough, they should take a brief moment to put the thought in of like what they're trying to achieve with it, Right. They should think through like, okay, am I excited to take the journey of like devoting like uh, support resources and engaging with my customers in a way I never have before. But I I think we're in a place where, yes, a lot of brands are going to ramp up over the next year. A lot of them are going to take like a basic one to many strategy where they're going to overmarket. They're going to burn their list and they're going to waste money. That's going to happen. But like we're here and ready to help people in that situation and help them build a more sophisticated long term strategy. And I think the market is going to continue to move that way. Mm, I so agree. I think we're going to see a lot of folks try SMS uh, in Q4 of this year if they haven't already. And some folks are going to have to learn some hard lessons, I think, in what not to do. Uh, we talked to Joanne Coffee about this, of like learning by failing. You know, get, get, get your hands on the channel. Definitely, of course, take that pause. Don't just go into it and check the box of like, okay, now we have an SMS strategy and now we sent the text. But I think folks are going to have to learn by doing and consumer response to the channel is what's going to drive that forward. Um, Not unlike, uh, and I think this is a good segue, not unlike the way that we've seen privacy changes um, and platform technology changes in the social media space and our devices. So I'd love to segue and chat briefly since I do think it's important uh, to address this. What is your kind of perception on how SMS, conversational commerce kind of fits into that larger trend of like consumer privacy, the thing, the changes mm-hmm. we've seen with iOS 14 and iOS 15, um, yeah. and how is SMS impacted or protected by that? It's been bad time for merchants, but a really good time for them to think about an SMS strategy. There's a couple different things going on here, and I'm going to unpack it relatively quickly. So SMS has been highly regulated from the start. It's been highly regulated since the 90s. And that's a good thing because it prevents and it creates litigation against like things like spam and like illegal opt-ins and stuff like that. 
like at PostScript, we built out an internal compliance team where we will like audit brands on their behalf to ensure they're hitting a certain standard. And like we bake compliance into our tooling. It's something we take really seriously. And so that's a good thing fundamentally, because though it's not perfect and there definitely is SMS spam out there, it helps create a cleaner channel. At the same time, it isn't an advertising platform. It, SMS is, uh, is an owned channel. Brands own their phone number list, right? And so it's not like Facebook in that way where brands can pay at any time to like access those users and access that list. So in a time when algorithms and platforms are changing and iOS is making updates and like throttling access to an audience, SMS is a channel like email that can be relied on. And it's like a really important hedge against future platform changes for brands. Like brands should be building opted in phone number lists. It's a really valuable marketing asset. The cool thing though is that SMS is also an open protocol. So what I mean by that is that like Messenger is controlled by Facebook. And that means that Facebook can decide that they're going to charge for access one day, or they're going to shut this down one day or whatever, whatever. And as we all know, with Facebook, it's probably going to evolve over time in a way that benefits them and doesn't benefit us as merchants. SMS, you do have to depend on the the uh, carriers, right? Verizon and T-Mobile and people like that, they are known to change their regulations over time. However, it's an open protocol. It's not controlled by a monopoly. There's lots of different stakeholders involved. So it's not going to one day disappear or shift. It's going to continue to evolve, but it's a pretty safe investment for brands to make. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that makes so much sense. I mean, also WhatsApp, right? Also owned by Facebook. So even though that right now is certainly a conversational chat-based channel at any time that could shift. And I love what you said about the carriers too. It's like, it's in their best interest, especially because there's financial gains to be had to make sure as long as, you know, brands are validated, they're not sending spam and they are complying with TCPA and CTIA regulations that those messages are being delivered because that's how they make their money, right? (laughs) You want to make sure that the messages are going where they need to go um, so they can have a healthy and profitable business. And right now it doesn't seem like their goal is to prevent people from receiving those communications um, as long as folks are playing by the rules. Totally. Cool. Well, we're coming up on the end of the hour here. And, you know, so I want to make sure we've got time to wrap things up. And something we love to do on every episode is kind of take an open floor position. So Alex kind of want to give you the floor open mic style. If there's anything else that you think, you know, listeners, uh, brands, founders need to know about conversational commerce, SMS, what, you know, what you guys are doing at PostScript, the floor is yours. Drop some knowledge uh, in whatever way that you think is most valuable. Cool. I would say it's early days in SMS. It's early days for PostScript. If you're a merchant out there and you don't know where to start or you aren't satisfied with your current strategy or you liked what I was saying about conversational commerce, but you don't feel like your brand is there yet, it's okay. There's still lots of time and the tooling and strategies are getting just easier and more accessible by the day. Things like compliance, which used to be really big hurdles, are now like baked into platforms like PostScript and you have like teams and resources that can support you in getting off the ground. So if anything, what I said resonated to me, I'd love to hear from folks. I'm Alex at PostScript.io. That's my real email address. I'm available. Please don't sign me up for things, but but please do reach out. And so I would say, yeah, if any brands are interested in exploring this with us or our team, or if you have any feedback for me, we'd love to hear because we love to support merchants and we're excited for the years ahead. That's fantastic. Alex, thank you so, so much. I can personally attest to the hands-on support. Alex has been in my Twitter DMs helping solve, uh, you know, issues before him and his team have been fantastic. So hundred percent 
please take Alex up on that offer to actually work with the folks at PostScript to set you up for success. Can't say enough good things there. And Alex, is there anywhere else you'd recommend folks follow along with you if they want to hear more from you and be able to interact with you online? Yeah. So I'm ringmybeller on Twitter. Anyone can follow me. Otherwise, my email, alex at postscript.io. Those are the two places. Happy to chat or engage with folks in either one. Fantastic. Alex, this has been, I know you said the it's a pleasure. Really, the pleasure has been all ours. And we're so excited for listeners to, uh, to get to experience this episode. Um, so thank you again for spending uh, your morning with us. And we're, we're so excited to be working with you folks. This is great. Thank you both. Excited about the podcast. Proud of you for what you're making. Hope to be on again in the future. Absolutely. Definitely around too. Alrighty. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you guys next time. As we wrap up today's episode, another shout out to our sponsor, Postscript, the leader in SMS marketing for Shopify and Shopify Plus brands. If you're not already using Postscript, be sure to check out their free 30-day trial. That's right, 30 full days, an entire calendar month for free. We've heard some brands have made over $100,000 during their free trial, so don't sleep on this. For your 30-day free trial, check out the link in our show notes or visit postscript.io. Again, that's postscript.io to start your free trial today.